Hello again, listeners. Timothy Sweet, Rhode Island family law attorney, sitting down to record what is now episode 17 of this little podcast of mine, which I've titled, What in the Hell Just Happened? Surviving the Family Court. For those of you who don't know or aren't familiar why I called it that, that what just happened, uh, reflex or idea or emotion, experience is what most often too often, really, people at the family court tend to say, either <laughs> either actually verbalize or with their eyes or facial expressions when they step out of family court for the, the first time or the first two times. And it's, it's so not uncommon that I've kind of taken it on as a, as a name or a brand. And that's exactly what we're, we're trying to fight with this. We're trying to, in, in my own little way, I'm trying to help uh, Pro se people or people who are, you know, trying to DIY, do it, do it themselves without an attorney or even with an attorney, but with very limited, they're just trying to restrict the stress and time and aggravation and legal fees of it all. Trying to, trying to get people from right from the beginning to the end, right through the the toxic swamp that is the family court. I'm a licensed attorney, only licensed in Rhode Island. I only practice family law. I only practice in Rhode Island. I, um, so this podcast, while well, in the abstract or in some macro sense, might help with um, your problems or with other areas of law. I don't. Uh, I certainly don't profess any any knowledge or expertise to those. And I, what takes me to the recording uh, this afternoon of episode seventeen is a bit of a rant and a bit of a pet peeve of mine, which is the abuse or at least misuse of the restraining order system. If you're fortunate enough not to be familiar, the restraining order in the Rhode Island Family Court is the process in which someone who's abused or is in imminent fear of being abused or having their children abused, you can go to family court, uh, what they call ex parte, which is just on your own. You don't have to let your abuser or alleged abuser know. You just show up fill out a whole bunch of paperwork and uh, very briefly see the judge in an attempt to obtain a temporary, meaning 20 days or less in this instance, restraining order. And that restraining order will, once served upon the abuser, forbid him or her, the abuser now, from uh, contacting you in any way, in person, by email, by text on Pinterest, uh, they will essentially shut them up for 20 days. And uh, the intent is good and necessary, right? Things can get pretty rocky with families. There are flashpoints in relationships, especially involving children. Uh, In their restraining order can be obtained in family court, whether you have a dating relationship or you're married. You do not have to be married to go to family court. Former spouses are fine. Non-married uh, partners, significant dating relationship. And you, uh, if you need temporary protection from your significant other or one significant other, you go to family court. And it, <clears throat> the idea is, is that they, they try to, not assembly line it, but they, they try to take out all the impediments because 
you know, theoretically, someone who's going through something so horrific as domestic violence shouldn't have to pay a filing fee and jump too, through too many hoops or, you know, present voluminous evidence in order to get the protection they need. The problem with that is, as you can imagine, uh, some people who are not necessarily victims or are not truly in a position to fear that they may, they or their children may become victimized, uh, have used or have begun to use the Rhode Island restraining order process more as a sword than a shield. They're not truly, in the depths of their heart, they know that they're not truly protecting themselves or their children. They are using the restraining order tactically. It's a calculated move because when you get the restraining order, even if it is temporary until the next court date, you can put yourself ahead of the curve and give yourself a significant head start if there's also going to be a divorce or a post-divorce action involving children or a custody battle involving children. More and more often, I suspect, and I see that one parent or the other knows that a custody action is coming, a divorce action is coming, and perhaps because they fear their own parenting being scrutinized and coming under the light, they want to grab that brass ring and take that advantage. So they will sometimes go to the family court and petition for a restraining order and then for that 20-day interim, until it can be heard on the merits, not ex parte, the second court appearance you get, assuming your restraining order is granted, you have uh, the abuser or alleged abuser served, and then he or she shows up at the next court date, and then you can hear your case on the merits. And the victim will have to present, at that point, a fuller, more complex picture of why he or she needs that restraining order that's already in place to be extended. But then that leaves the abuser at a, a, a critical disadvantage. Sometimes that disadvantage just lasts that 20 days. And sometimes, frankly, with the right, or I guess we should say in this case, the wrong circumstances, they can uh, be behind the eight ball in their family law case and involving their relationship with their children, if there are children involved, for quite some time. And it's, I'm only ranting or discussing as to that kind of misuse of, of the system, that tactical, cool, calculated, strategic use of restraining order, not truly as a means to an end, to take a breath, to seek protection, to separate temporarily and kind of reset and exhale, but um, more to try to get to court first to win a race and to begin a really pernicious process of trying to paint the other spouse, the other parent in a negative light. Uh, I don't know, unfortunately, at this point, I don't necessarily have any brilliant ideas about a, a cure. I think this kind of thing is probably best left to comprehensive legislative reform. And I, I'm certainly not in any way uh, 
denigrating, you know, the, the people who den- genuinely need this process, who are in fear, who are being abused. And obviously, I hope, I wish those victims nothing, nothing but the best. I'm really talking about a specific subset of people who are not acting in good faith and who are weaponizing what should be a defensive, protective Rhode Island family court restraining order system to their own ends and ends that are alternative and very different than simply protection. If you have any thoughts on this, and I I can certainly see how I would look forward, always look forward to feedback, but especially on a a topic as painfully complex and layered as this, you can reach me at uh, timothy at sweetfamilylaw.com and call me at 401-595-1665 and myself, 401-340-1600 at the office. Reach out to me over just about any social media platform you can find. I do enjoy social media when I'm blowing off my real stressful work. And if you have any feedback, thoughts about this, an angle I may have missed, something I'm not considering, or even a thought for an upcoming rant or podcast, please let me know. Thank you so much. Episode 17, What the Hell Just Happened, Surviving the Family Court.